All subject matter of the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Greetings from the prison industrial complex. This is the Notes from the Pen Podcast. I am, I say, I, it's like pretty presumptuous for me to say your favorite convict mm. anymore, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. One of your favorites. Huh? There's no way. No, don't be, no, 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 no. Don't be, don't be too and, modest. Uh, Just say it. One of your favorite. No, there's people, I bet you there's hate, hate listeners, people who listen out of hatred. True. I watch TV shows like that, which uh, kind of brings us into this episode. So, <laughs> old Douglas Stanhope, the uh, Monday morning co-host, who's actually mm-hmm. been on a bunch of TV shows, in, uh, Emmy award-winning TV shows, actually, with the Louis oh, show, yeah. and oh yeah, you know he did the did the uh, the good version of the Man Show that lasted half mm. a season after Ed Kroll and then. Um, <laughs> He's still gallivanting around Gibraltar, which I had no idea where where it was, but I knew the Straits of Gibraltar was afraid. Yeah, which is which is weird because after he mentioned that to me, the later that night on TV, right back into it, was yeah. uh, they showed Gibraltar on like Ancient Aliens or something, and there's all these caves. It's a small, pretty small island, and uh, so yeah, yeah. So with Douglas gone, I have tapped the ace. In the mm-hmm. whole cousin Greg to talk about TV because yeah. television is something that when I was out in the world, like took less of a prominent. You know, anyone our age grew up in, in America grew up on like The Simpsons and Family and just constant TV. But then as you get older, and then streaming services were just starting to come around. So yep. uh, you know, I'd watch like binge watch certain series, but it wasn't. It wasn't like it, it was when I was younger. And then yeah. since coming back to prison, it's like I call it's like your window to the outside world to kind of keep right. you up to date on technology and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I, I think a lot of people in here say it, but a lot of people I talk to in the world, they don't really watch a lot of TV anymore. There's so much other stimulus and um, YouTube all, you know, and just all kinds of other stuff out there. But the one person that is always into similar shows as me but also keeps up with them, is Cousin Greg, and I realized <laughs> yeah. before coming out here that it's because we're both in prison. I'm in a physical <laughs> prison, and he's in um, uh, uh, the prison of marriage. So suburban <laughs> marriage, and so when you're prisoners, for whatever, you know, whatever your prison is, <laughs> when you're prisoners, you have to, like, live vicariously through other things and people. And so TV becomes a great crutch for uh, an otherwise <laughs> unlived life. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a, so, ladies and gentlemen, what a what a dick! <laughs> so, uh, God, I hope your your wife doesn't listen to this because I it's it's I'm just poking oh, I'm gonna make sure she very, I'm going to make sure she only listens to this episode. Um, I, I'm really just making fun as a way to be completely serious about exactly what she's doing wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> there you I, go. Just, no, it's just I'm just uh, you know me. So, anyways, we, I, you know, a lot of times we, when we talk, you know, unprompted, we steer, we get, we steer towards whatever shows we've been watching, yeah, and uh, what's going on. And in prison, there's like some 
unique perspective on some of that because there's it's it's like a rambunctious movie theater in here with certain shows or events, right? Like you're watching them with everyone. You're not just watching them by yourself on your laptop, your phone, or in your living room. There's right. 300 people, and there's a couple that I would say, like if it's over 50% of people watching, you know, I call it ubiquitous, but you know, probably not the yeah. definition. Um, and it's like a, a a raucous movie theater. Like everyone laughs at the same time. That's it's awesome. Kind of communal, and yeah. it's interesting. So we'll go over a little bit of that. In a little bit, but what are you? Oh, by the way, when I brought this up in the little pre-show, little five-minute pre-show, when mm-hmm. old Gregory driving to the studio, you were like, "I had the same idea about yeah. talking about TV, yeah, in kind of a different direction." Yeah. Right? So um, I love the TV. So let me first say this: um, I remember when we first started talking about like uh, you know prison life and and all that shit. When you brought up, when I realized that you were pretty up to date with like certain TV shows and shit. I remember being kind of surprised. I was like, oh, wow, you've seen that? That mm-hmm. just came out last week. And I realized that you're totally up to speed. And I was kind of, I was kind of surprised that, um, you know, that you have that, you know, that access in, in prison. Yeah. I was happy. So that's like the one thing that isn't Pete the Corn and Lettuce. The one damn thing. And that's uh, I'm not going to yeah. go to don't take that away. But yeah, that was, I was so happy to hear that because, because I was, because it's like, I never looked at it this way, but it's like you said a moment ago. Out, uh, the window to the world. I was so happy to hear that that that, that you could uh, you know experience some of that because it just made me feel happy for you. And then like we've been able to do things like when we watched Patrice O'Neill uh, viewers. You have one. Remember this remaining. But uh, or even oh, if we mentioned it, I'm not sure. But we watched yeah, Patrice O'Neill together. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. This is an event. So we're gonna get cut off and we'll pick up right right when it whatever when it when it comes back. But well, uh, yeah, let me just hit you back right now. Yeah, yeah, all right, go do that. All right, cool. Yeah. There we go. All right. Yeah. So uh Patrice O'Neill, beloved and late comedian, late great, was doing it. They were re show uh re airing a couple of his specials. Yeah, one special and then like an hour long just like about his life and his friends and everything. And uh and uh I'm talking to viewers here. So Bobby and I Actually, I think it might have been Bobby's idea, or, or uh, we, we, yeah, our idea. It was idea. like this. It was like yeah. this. I had the idea, and then you were like, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> As it usually is. And so we decided yeah. to watch the show at the same time, just watch it live. Like, these days, DVR is huge, but this one I watched live, obviously, you know, DVR in the pen. And I took a little notebook, and, start, and uh, we agreed to have a little notebook just in case there's any, any notes you want to take. And I pretty much watched the show. And we kind of enjoyed the fact that, like, while we were both in different locations, it kind of felt like we were mm-hmm. the closest, is as close as we could get to kind of watching the show together. And I took notes so that when we talked the next morning, we made a plan. I'm like, call me in the morning, first call. I'm waiting <laughs> for him. He calls me, at, like, right, right on time. I'm like, hey. And we jump right back into it. I took the note. We were dying laughing all over again because, like, you don't realize if you don't take notes, you think you remember shit. But when I looked at the notes, I was like, holy shit. They're so, even if I pull out the notes today, they're hilarious. And, and that was great. Yeah. So. Um, well, that was that was a really cool thing for me because it was you know this whole thing and I probably sound fucking beating a dead horse. I say this all the time. The whole thing, you know, there's many reasons we we do this show. You know, there's yeah. reform, get a voice in here, but the main thing, the whole thing started as like trying to just this is my nature, trying to yeah. block the system, and in the in the in in the face of their express written consent of disconnecting us from the world, I was like, what if, like, you could say, fuck you, and stay connected anyways, yeah. right? And lately, 
since the cats in my life, I've talked about this before, I'm not saying it's the case, but I feel cut off more than, mm-hmm. you know, more isolated. And this was like such a cool little way to feel, just knowing that when there was like a funny thing or a punchline or when Dane Cook said something douchey, to, yeah. just to know Cousin Greg that you were out there either rolling yeah. your eyes or laughing, or whatever. it really <laughs> made me feel. And then when we came back, like little schoolgirls, yeah. to like talk about it. And there's also the, the stand-up comedy they usually play on Comedy Central. You know, Comedy Central became kind of like MTV in a way. Well, sure. maybe not as bad. Maybe not as bad because they still play comedic shows, but right. they've like relegated stand-up to Friday nights at like midnight. And even then, it's like the yeah. last couple... Comedy fellowship, yeah. And then when it is stand-up, it's Kevin Hart... Right. Gaff again, which they're both right. good comic. Absolutely. Um, John Mul- L- Mulaney, I can't stand him. Um, <laughs> I'm John Mulaney. Yeah. I'm John. He's like a character. Uh, he should do whatever. But so they play like these three or four comics over and over yeah. and over, yeah. and eighty percent of them, I'm not even exaggerating, is Kevin Hart. So you, like you know, so when they play an actual real comic for people who are oh, yeah. into comedy, like yeah. an abrasive. Right. Gritty, prevented himself from being successful because of his edge. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Shit talking, yeah. ruthlessly mean, brilliant yeah. comic, like underground. You know, if you listen to um, music, you know the difference between mm-hmm. mainstream know, and Britney Spears and, and, and you know uh, oh, yeah. Reed or something. You know, there's a big difference, and so so it's really rare. So when that came out, I was like, oh shit, we're there. Like, let's make my god. <laughs> and it's just crazy they swung that way because uh, because Patrice O'Neill is quite, is probably the best example I could think of of that of that um, you know kind of like independent <laughs> against the grain comic. So they nailed it with him. Well, Doug is a very much in that vein too. And those the, the way I met Doug was I tweeted a list of comics, um, probably ten comics, saying just like shouting them out like and like nowadays when it's so hard to like you know, not to get canceled for shit. And it was yeah. like Stanhope, Bill Hicks, half of them were dead and Patrice O'Neill was on there. And so that's why I, I love Doug too. It's, um, I'm the same way with the music and all, like I want the yeah. people I listen to or watch or consume their art to be the person that they're portraying themselves as to really like live mm. something. I don't like that layer of like production of like, this sells the best. So let me do that as opposed to, people who are just like, there is no path forward for me. I'm going to forge on my own. And um, there are certain people in Doug's path that kind of are comparable, which is like Lenny Bruce, Bill Hicks, Doug Stanhope, right? But in that branch of that, of the comedy tree, there are comics, and Patrice is definitely one of them, that might not be on the exact same little offshoot of that branch, but is for sure on that branch. And so it's like, you know, Jim Norton's one of them, but there's only a Mm -hmm. handful of them. And, um, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely love that, that that was going to be a thing. So we made a whole giant thing of it. When I talked to, to Doug, though, about it afterwards, I think he might have watched it too. But no, he, I Oh, no he shit. But when I mentioned it, he goes, Yeah, when I was auditioning for the man show, they had me do a read and they paired me up with Patrice. And Patrice wow. goes, uh, Yeah, I'm hard to work with. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> and it was just like, but Doug ended up getting it, you know. But I think, you know, that's beautiful. That though there was a moment where those two goddamn 
misanthropes that just just we're just there together and uh, yep. it was really that's when life gets surreal right you watch this thing that me and you're all big on and I talked to the one yeah. day that Monday yeah. host, and he's like oh yeah I was uh, we did this and this is my interaction with him and yeah. you're like okay what's going on in life that's but yeah that wild. was a be- I completely forgot about that that one was that one was great that was um, fun we gotta do that again R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, Patrice man he was oh, he was Patrice a legend. Elephant in yeah. the room, go check that out. And he's um, also on the um, Comedians in Prison on uh, notesfromthepen.com. Go check that <laughs> he out would, find your comment. He would, he would uh, have he no problem. He got a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I was going to say, 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Comedians in Prison, which he'd, um, he'd, been, to, he'd been to the joint, so... What yeah, else? Uh, so yeah. So what else you got? What are you watching now? You want to go over a couple? So of- yeah, let's get into some TV shows, you know. And right, real quick before we get into them, I just wanted to say another thing that I had on my mind, which, which would be cool, is because like uh, the, the reason TV shows came to my mind um, was because you know TV shows, if done right, uh, you know, really like kind of elicit, they kind of mirror your, your, they kind of are a mirror to your like emotions, you know. And, and I've always been somebody that's watched TV shows and like felt stuff, and that's why I like them. Either they're funny and that's as simple as that, or they make you feel something uh, that you can relate to. And, and uh, yeah. you know, there's sometimes there's nostalgia. And I feel like, you know, given your circumstance, it's a unique circumstance. TV must have even more importance, uh, I, I would do think. You, yeah. Do you um, – so, I don't want to cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you know what? Go ahead. No, no, that's kind of that's kind of where I was I was naturally ending right there, which is like there's more. Well, it's, it's funny to say like, oh, TV has super importance, but I think that it does, and well, it really does. When yes, it's done it really well, does. Yeah. but it's so right. infrequently done well, right? And I was gonna, I was like thinking about this earlier. I was like, I'm gonna just not even part of the show, just ask Greg, yeah, because you know we got to come up with a term for me trying to differentiate the changes that are happening to me. You know, I'm always like, I don't know if it's prisoner age, prisoner age, prisoner age is doing it. Maybe both. Uh, one yeah. of them is, do you, I remember like from like age, like 16 to like 23, I, maybe I cried like, or like 30, <laughs> maybe I cried like four times. <laughs> oh my God. But hell. now, now listen, I was just, all right, so early in the morning on um, Comedy Central, a lot of times, like, you know, they'll play a couple episodes of Parks and Recreation. Now, oh, it's such a... One of my that's my good, favorite TV co- comedy writers, Harris Whittles, like was one of the main writers on that show. He rests in peace, Harris Whittles. Also on the comedians in prison, he died of an overdose. Yeah. Brilliant, fucking hilarious. He used to do these appearances on uh, Comedy Bang Bang with Scott Ackerman. Great comedic podcast. It was just one of my favorite one when I was out there. And um, yeah. there was a scene where Aubrey Plaza was yeah. giving. Um, Rob Lowe's character because he'd just gotten broken up with the, you know, she's real like harsh and doesn't ever want to be nice. And she gives them these two movie tickets and, and well, actually three. And she's like, well, this way we can all go. And, and I fucking like, like my, I welled up, like my eyes got water. It happened. I'm like, what is, but I was, he didn't even watch the full episode. It was like <laughs> 10 minutes in. And I was like, what is happening? To me? <laughs> and, and I don't know if this is an age thing or a prison thing. I think it might be an age thing. Uh, I can't say, but you, I mean, no, I mean, I can't say about the prison stuff, but I do that these days too. I'm, I might, it may be at age. I don't know. Cause, but more than you used to, right? Absolutely. Yes. I used to be a robot. I had no tears. I was yeah, full of emotions. Of thing? Cry. Definitely yeah. contributing. Definitely contributing. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, yeah. So but, I'm, um, since, uh, 
Yeah, I was just going to say the 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 folks. The, the, we're going to talk about some shows, but uh, we say all this to let you know that it's not going to be some 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 regular basic shit. Like, oh, did you see? Like, we're ta- we're going to be talking about a couple of shows here uh, with with a really firm purpose because they made you made us feel something, and they're special in that way. They're they're well done. It's not going to be uh, oh season eight of The Bachelor. It's not going to. That's not what this is. You know what I mean? Like this actually, is, yeah. On my little notes, I have The Bachelor on there, and it's to say can't do it. We're <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. We're not talking about. It. So let's get into um, it, man. Um, yeah. So listen, do you got yeah. one you want to start with? Kinda. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple. I have a couple. I do. I have a couple jotted down in no particular order, but I'm looking at them. And the first one, I just want to shout out. Just kind of breeze through them. Not breeze through them. First one is. Let's just start with. Um, hmm. Okay. You know what? Let's just go there. Fucking Cho Show. All right. Oh, I, I shut Sh- the fuck up. Listen, yeah. that's exa- I yeah. was just bated breath. I'm like, I want to okay. just, I know we weren't planning on it. I got to start with the Cho Show. <laughs> we have Which to. is kind of sounds funny in here. And then I was like, he better not say the Cho Show. <laughs> Mind meld. It's an Asian Weird. thing. I know, I know. Weird thing, <laughs> it, it, it aired on a Friday, and then he what? He banged out like five episodes that night. I haven't seen anything since. But, no, but that nonetheless, was it. That, oh, was that it? Oh, shit. I believe that Every- was it. And, and. Did you know who he was before that? Because I didn't. No, not really. But but honestly, seeing his face and when they do montages when he was a little bit younger, I have seen that face before. Various things. Okay, give, Jesus, us whether brief, uh, give us a brief rundown of All right. the, I'm sorry, so, the show and who he is and whatnot, what it was and stuff. I'm, I'm at the point where I'll watch anything that's on FX, man. Like it used to be oh, just okay. Always Sunny in Philadelphia uh, for a long time, but then FX started banging out great shows. And so I saw a commercial for Cho Show. Yeah. I see a I see a, a commercial for the Cho Show. It's on FX. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Set the DVR for the Cho Show, and I see that there's like four or five episodes. Uh, I just set it to record them all. So uh, that's on there. I wait a couple of days. I usually don't watch things immediately. You're doing stuff. It's whatever. And then I just throw on one episode, and it instantly hooked me. And I actually watch all of them within the span of within 24 hours. So David Cho, artist, a, a guy that's lived. Man, he, he looks like he's, I don't know, old as he could be is what, 40? He doesn't look like an old guy. Uh, Korean descent. Uh, looks like a rebel. Long hair, beard, cool looking. Um, Might have been born in the States. He's Americanized, whatever, like me, you. Um, yeah. But he's a super, super artistic guy, and he takes these interviews with interesting people, some of which have been his friends a long time. And he just, he just, like, it's like the best way to describe it is emotionally naked, mask off right from the rip. They just get right into the to painful stuff, ugly stuff. It, uh, one of his friends is Asa Akira, who's a porn star. He goes right into the to, to the to the dark parts of of that. He's got friends that have had abuse and death, right? Like, so I'm just like kind of laying yeah. it out. But then I want to pass it over well, to you and get kind of your take. Here, here's here's the amazing thing about him. There's certain things out there, and I, the viewers have heard me talk about this. I have this real genuine FOMO. Not for experiences, but for books and movies yeah. and people that I know are super dope and I'd be really into, but I just yeah. don't know about them. David yeah. Cho is a fucking prime example. This oh. guy, and they didn't go into much detail, but they would show little clips. This guy is like selling, he's worth like a couple hundred million dollars <laughs> for just his yeah. paintings, I'm assuming. And so he's, yeah, he almost looks like. He did some investments. Like, savvy. Was it? Is that what it I, is? He, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, he did. He did. I did Google. He did some type of investment type shit that helped uh, build his wealth in addition to his art. I don't know the specifics, okay, but he, so he's smart as hell. Think, he did. Yeah. Before you think that would discredit him at all, he was exactly like my friend group growing up. Nuts, 
drugs. Yes. See, he Absolutely. planned on... You have one minute remaining. He planned on living his entire life by shoplifting. Like, that was his thing. He's like, I'm just going <laughs> to shoplift for the rest of my life. And he got arrested like 40 times in Japan and, and did time there and was just, let me fuck this girl. Let me do this drug. Let me... Just out yeah. of his fucking shit in the best yeah. of ways. Right? Yep. And somehow he has this windfall where he's got tons of money, but doesn't get yep. a shit, could not tell, right? Yep. And he used it for really interesting things. Do, do you remember if it was Time Magazine? It was some magazine that he's like, I'll do interviews for you, but uh, I'll, I'll pay for the whole thing if it doesn't outsell LeBron J- whatever. I don't remember which one it was, but there was someone Sounds else like that was like a huge stuff. And, yeah. like, and, and then he goes, uh, he goes on and he's like, I'm only interviewing Barbara Walters like naked in a jacuzzi. Which is just the way it went, but it was something weird like that. And he did a bunch of those, and then yeah. it was like the highest selling yeah. thing. And he's um, he's this really interesting guy who's like you said is like raw and yep. super flawed and emotional and just wants to. He's warts and all. Oh and so my what God, he does. Yeah. Thank you for using GTL. So yeah, so what all he right. did was he paid for all the stuff for himself, the filming, editing, as far as I'm I'm aware, he paid for everything himself and was like, listen, you know, because one of the things with TV uh, companies or executives is they don't, it's an investment to them, right? So they're like, well, what if we do this? And may I, people, it shows our demographics show that obscure, weird art interviews (laughs) by maniac Korean guys aren't exactly whatever. So he does this shit. He'll go, well, I'll fucking pay for it. I'll shoot the whole thing. If you don't like it, throw it away or don't use it. All right. So what he does is he invites these people over that he's met either tangentially or he's known for a while for a portrait. Now he's a good, he's a really good painter. He's, his style is postmodern and it's kind of like, uh, it's very, it's in the same vein as like one of, I'm my favorite painter, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Who, okay. uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with him. He did uh, the Brooklyn right. So Nets if you looked at his logo. portraits, he has a lot of uh, he has like that chaotic, evocative, provocative yep. style, postmodern style, like Bobby yeah. did. Yeah. And yeah. so he invites him over, and it's just them, and uh, I think just a camera set up. I don't even know if there's it doesn't move at all, and um, he yeah, just no, does an interview as he paints their portrait, yeah. and as he's doing it. Oh, he's so fucking good. It's super interesting. People just open up. And yeah. uh, you remember the guest was Kat Mondi and her man, who was a who was a gangbanger from yeah. He was yeah. in the band Kat Mondi. Yeah. Um, Will Arnett was one. Yeah. Rain Wilson. Um, Rain Wilson from The Office. Oh, and then this guy Neil Strauss, who I had Jen because they mentioned. Do you remember he's interviewing Neil Strauss and he says he goes to his favorite bookstore in New York or whatever, and he's like. He's looking for Neil Strauss's book, The Game, and he can't find it. He finds another one of his books, though, and he goes up and he's like, hey, I was looking for The Game. You guys don't have it? And they're like, oh, yeah, we have it, but it's the most stolen book in our store, so we keep it <laughs> right. the thing, yeah. right? So immediately I go, I want that book. Because yeah. he's saying, he's telling Neil Strauss, he's like, you're my favorite writer. So, yeah. And he's written for, like, I don't know, The Post, or he's written for other like periodicals, but also those books. And yeah. so I tell... 23-year-old, I told Jen, hey, uh, my birthday's coming up. Will you give me the, uh, the a book by Neil Strauss called The Game? And she, I have no idea what it's about. And so the other day, she's like, yeah, I was like looking at that. Okay, that's an inch. I'm like, why? What's... <laughs> it's about mind-gaming women. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the game is about manipulating <clears throat> and mind-gaming women. And I told her to buy it for me. For my yeah. But I didn't yeah, know that. Anyways, yeah. um... 
Yeah, great, great, that's, great that's, show. That's a great show for people to check out. And like, also too, like the like the show, as Bobby was mentioning, it takes place like in this is a crazy piece right here. Like he grew up like very tumultuous, right? It sounds violent, like abusive oh. household. How and he purchased the house of which he grew up in, and there's paint yeah. everywhere. This is a chaotic atmosphere. Like if you if you were asked to get if if you got a call and said, "Hey, David, I want to interview you," and you show and you were like, "All right, bet I'll do that," and you showed up there, you, your first thought would would be, "Old, you're immediately on your heels." I'd think because you're well, like, "Holy from shit!" From the outside, it looks like a normal little suburban house, but you're right. I yeah. forgot all about that. He bought yeah. his. I don't know how violent it was, but it was very um, strict, like emotionally manipulative, yeah. withholding. And the way the show is edited is there's these little chaotic montage clips that look like they're out of a serial killer scrapbook, where there'll be like horns drawn yeah. on someone's head and his mother in her old. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So you're right. It's very chaotic. And do you remember? Go ahead. Do you remember he's sitting in the kitchen and interviewing Will Arnett? Yeah. And um, he's got a painting behind him that's weird looking as shit. And he's like, what about that? And he goes, it's the worst painting I've ever done. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. And he's like, so he keeps it there, I guess as a reminder of how terrible he can be or yeah. something. And so he yeah. does an interview <laughs> the whole time right in front of it. And um, yeah. I think so. Yeah. He, he great show. I'm Cho Cho, Cho Cho was just uh, the reason it made such an impression on me if if I had to bottle it all up is because it was one of the raw some of the rawest shit I've seen in a very long time and uh and and it just cut right to the it just cut right India. It was just so wow. unique and just and just the rawest shit, man. Like people aren't talking to each other like that. They're not. Like no, like exactly. Like exactly. yeah. Yeah. No, it's just my so. favorite shit. Like I have a real problem with verbal doodling just these social interactions that mean nothing might as well be buzzed right. and click i don't do it here and because of that sometimes people think i'm an asshole or, or what a quiet yep. or whatever which i'll take i just don't i'll talk to you i'm we know i'm not shy it's mm-hmm. just i don't like you so yeah you're right very raw like pushes the envelope and do you remember the scene where he's talking to um asa akira yep don't pretend like you guys don't know who it is yeah y'all know yeah, you know, you yeah. deleted a couple of those cookies. Yeah. Uh, Multi-billion-dollar uh, uh, industry. It's not just it's not just Bobby and I that know her. So um, she's on there, and you know, she's like a pretty extreme porn star. You know, she's not just doing missionary positions. She's doing gaping butthole stuff. Just like you know, oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And uh, so he's. So she's pregnant during the interview, and he's like talking, mm-hmm. like, "What about the kid?" And she's—you can tell she has these like hypothetical, theoretical ideas of how she's going to broach the subject right. with her kid when it inevitably yep. comes up. But he goes, yep. he starts doing this thing where he's talking as her 15-year-old son to her. Yeah, remember that? And he starts going—he's like, he lost it. But he's doing it—he like loses himself in it, and he's going, "Fuck you!" And she's like, "Well, a piece of sex is it great?" And he's like, "Fuck that shit! I don't give a fuck about that." These guys got pulled apart. Every time I go to school, they got fucking posters. They got it's on their phone. You get fucked in the ass. Like I don't give a f-, right. And he yeah, just goes yeah. off and like loses himself in it, and it makes her uncomfortable because she realizes yeah. they're close. They've known each other for a while, but she realizes like, oh my god, like shit. He, he might like, be. This isn't yeah. real. Like when you paint that picture in your head, it go it goes best case scenario for the for her and the, you know what I mean. And he I, goes, I, yeah. he like he he goes a little too far. And he goes. He does go sorry, a, a little too I, I far. Lost myself. <laughs> and that's and that's probably the only uh interview uh and again they go deep that that i that i noticed him him do that just cross over to a to a land of oh shit i've gone too far because she yeah. is his close friend as you mentioned they've known each other a long long time but she also has certain you can almost sense like just these little 
she's very open, right? Like very, but little, little guards, right? Guarded just a little, just a hint of, of rightful defensiveness. And he just fucking plows through it, just plows through it. Like, cause she's like, well, I don't want my son, my child to be, I want my child to be sex positive. There's nothing wrong with sex. That's my example of like a light guard. Like, yes, you're right. I'm technical. No, yes, yeah. you're right. But what about the, and, and, and like, see that delicacy, the being delicate, but no, that Cho doesn't do that. Plows right through like a bull in a china shop. Fuck you, mom. I'm, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really raw. You're right. And um, this is what's great about FX. They do, they'll do experimental shit. You ever seen Cake on FX? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Cake's really weird and experimental. And oh, weird. Little short little short little segments and then they'll have like this overarching um, storyline yeah. through it the last one was shark lords which was ridiculous about the ridiculous um, but i liked it funny about two guys from either new zealand or australia who are out on this yep. giant catamaran researching quote-unquote a research vessel and they're there they were extreme athletes and they ran out of stuff to do with both idiots and their both new idiots. thing is the ultimate sport is dominating a shark by fucking yep. it so yeah, they go the out there and they're gonna. It's called Shark Lords, and they're gonna go out there and um, catch and fuck sharks to show them that they're not the boss. Show who's <laughs> boss. Yeah. But they have not, not to be perverts about it. They have a strong, hard and fast rule: do not ejaculate in a shark because now yes. it's sexual. Which one of the guys does, and then he has the whole thing. It's uh, but and then in between will be these really weird. Um, animated little shorts and i just like the man they're really doing some shit man for being yeah. such a big channel i will I, that's I will. a that's a that's a good transition let's stay with with cake for another minute that's a good one another fx show um and 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 as bobby was saying it's so weird just probably one of the weirdest shows i've ever seen weird in a good sense but that's yeah. a show that you're either going to love or learn to love or just immediately go no way I'm out. Yeah, the I'm neighbor out. kid is like, is like, this show's stupid, and I'm like, Makes well, you no gotta get, like, it's not, it's too much for you, right? It's too avant garde. And I tell yeah. him, I'm like, they don't all land when you're like doing shit this yeah. outside the box. They're not all gonna land, but when they do, they're poignant. Like there was on the first season, they had people reading like this animated poetry that was like gut wrenching, yeah. and you're like, oh, that whole show is worth it just for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, and then uh, every every se- I don't know how many seasons there's been, but let's say two or three. Three. You you three. yeah, maybe, let's say th- okay three. Um, they'll they'll have like jammed in the middle, like these this ongoing uh, story arc of yeah. yeah of like uh, real life, like a lot of cartoons, animation, shit that doesn't make sense on purpose. But then they'll just have a storyline about just a, a a guy or a girl and just like life, like a relationship or. Something Jerome, extremely no. Jerome, yeah, like an ex- exactly extremely relatable scenario. But again, that gets really, really weird. Jerome Noah was one of my favorites, and then the last one about that uh, that the, the Asian mom was cool, and then and then that remember the one uh, recently? It's kind of hit right at like that AAPI hate uh, crime rise where that wedding took place with a white girl yeah. marrying, marrying an Asian guy. I was thinking about you. I'm like, all right. Uh, well, what, and, uh, and, what, yeah. what, you're, what you're talking about is that each one has its own, like, episodic through line. This yeah. season, so there is at least four, <clears throat> this season is nine stories about technology. And so each episode is a different one. So go ahead. But that's what those yeah. were. Absolutely. So this particular one I thought was interesting. Uh, well, I mean, I liked it because I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Anyway, um, White girl marrying an Asian guy. They're at the marriage. They're at the wedding, and obviously half the room is Asian, half the room is is white. 
and uh, and it's nice wedding, joining of cultures, just a <laughs> typical American wedding these days. Nothing wrong with that. But somebody just decides to blast in that montage an old, old clip of her, <clears throat> probably in college, which isn't fair to do to her. I mean, people make college, mistakes, yeah. but yeah, uh, old, uh, just saying some uh, some some racist stuff, like uh, really drunk in in a kitchen with a she bunch of beers. Making fun of her professor, remember? She was making fun of her yeah. professor, doing an imitation of him who was Asian, and she yes. did the typical. Yep, there it is. There it is. And the whole room got quiet, and it became like and and drama. And, and and it just freaking ensues. It, it's it's a, it, you know so, but that one was right on the right on but the money. Do you remember the, was, how it? Yeah, I'm sorry. Fuck. No, no. Go ahead, do you remember go ahead. how it ended? Do you remember how it ended? Vaguely, no. Tell me. <laughs> okay, so the whole story arc is that it's the white people on their heels now because of this thing, and they're all apologetic, and the Asian family's really mad. Except the guy, he's like, listen, it was a while ago. If it doesn't bother me, just. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? We all know this is what happens. Old aging guy, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, the the husband, the groom, is saying okay, this is okay. like at the reception. And then at the end, the mom, the the white mom comes up to the bar, and his dad is, he's, you know, older Asian dude is yeah. sitting at the bar. And she's like, listen, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. You know, we were happy uh, that she was marrying him when we met him. We were just we were excited. We were completely happy. And he said, like, "Yeah, we were too. As long as he wasn't, uh, we were just glad that he wasn't that she wasn't black." <laughs> like, so he, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you're put on and the racism like, oh, cycle yeah. continues. Yeah. Well, you're like, oh yeah, white people are the worst. And then at the end, it like slaps you in the mm-hmm. head and goes, "I hey, but just people are just. If you're gonna That's lower the bar enough, to, a lot of people are just racist, right? So yeah. you see them as yep. a victim, and then they, the Asian yeah. is a victim. But then at the end, the dad is like. Oh my so. God! Yeah, I do remember that old Asian guy sitting at the bar. He's really not in the mix of anything. And yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah, that was great. And like that's something that like the neighbor kid, he's like, oh, ha ha. But he doesn't get that. Like, <laughs> no, you see what the the storyteller was trying to do was say the per- people you think are the victims aren't always exactly completely innocent either. And you can't, you right. know what I'm saying? So right. he's like, oh, it was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And things, really and things don't ever fit in in little boxes and right when you think you have one it's it's just the bottom drops out and 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 you know people will always surprise you yeah so um on that i mean we i don't think we planned this but then the other show that me and you talk about all the time is this a f- i want money from fx Where's the f- yeah I yeah for fun? real they're all like- <laughs> we need to play if this- you're listening pay up because all of our shows so- are fx shows with the exception of so one I have is, in mind, but. The next one is this is a show that's a ubiquitous watch. Like everyone, like over 50% of the people watch. Yeah. Anytime something happens, you can hear the reaction. Yeah. And, uh, there's understandable reasons. It's um, it's called Dave. and yes. it's a, You have one minute remaining. And it's about this comedian named Dave Bird, who yep. wasn't that successful as a comic, but started like rapping under yep. the name Little Dicky. It's kind of like a jokey type thing, but he's actually really fucking good. And yeah. he caught on. And people in here knew, because he has features with, like, songs with, like, you know, two, ch- I mean, like, real legit rappers. And yeah. stuff. So people in here knew it, and it shows that hip-hop culture, so people are in, but right. it shows it from the ultimate outsider perspective of someone totally. who's a fan and loves hip-hop and has his whole life and black culture, but is also, right. like, yeah. a Jewish dude. like A, a, Jew, a white Jewish, Jewish kid, dude. yeah. Yeah, and um, it really, I was telling you this earlier, it really, um, well, hold on, let me, uh, 
Yeah. Just to remind you we're in prison, these phones calls cut off, and I'm supposed to be in a med line right now, but this takes precedence over my <laughs> So let me hit you back. All right. I'll uh, we'll leave go. all this in. All right. All right, cool. All so right. Uh, the, the story follows roughly, loosely, an idealized yep. or a, maybe a heightened version of his life, which started on FX. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm is probably the, the first one that kind of like loosely followed a guy's. Trajectory. Sure, yeah. Larry, yeah. Larry David. But on That's FX, good... it started with Louie, um, mm-hmm. the, the show Doug. Go watch it. Anyone watch the the Louie episode from the first season with, uh, yeah, with Doug Stanhope in it? I mean, he is so fucking good in that. <laughs> and um, so then it went to Louie and then Better Things with Pam Adlon. Oh, such a good show. Yeah. Oh, great shows. And so Dave does that. And when I go ahead, I don't want to get back to. When I wrote my show, I wrote it like with the idea of FX in mind. Because <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. It, it's an idealized, not every single thing happens to you in real life, but that, like, those shows inspired me. Like, oh, you can write a comedy that's based on, you don't have to create, you know what I mean, like some totally yeah. new thing out of uh, a whole cloth. You can, and um, so, yeah, so it follows Dave as he's like on his, his ascent. I don't think in it, though, I don't think he was a comedian. They don't ever reference that. They just reference that he's like trying to be a rapper. rapper. Yeah, YouTube rapper. That. And one of my favorite things about it is I think like a lot of the shows you mentioned, it makes you uncomfortable, right? It does. You say? And, uh, my, my first, uh, my first um, yes, I, I love that you hit on that discomfort because that's, I think one of the core reasons that show is great and that it's different. So I remember like season one, episode one or two, right in the beginning, one of my first thoughts were, were, so he was so honest about who he was, who he was and and his insecurities, right? Like sexually, he's got a weird dick, like shit like that. He was right, right right away. I've never seen anything like it, like going that hard, right? Oh, so hard, right? Right in that direction. I remember one of my first thoughts was, all right, this dude's trying to make it in hip hop. He also is very confident and believes himself, believes in himself. This is a really, really difficult alpha male, uh, macho, uh, uh, genre slash world. This isn't just a music genre. This is a world. He's trying to get in there. And I'm trying to reconcile that approach with the fact that this dude, uh, openly, I, I have a, he's got, what does he say? I got a messed up dick. His song is My Dick Sucks. He's got, I'm like, how the hell? Are these and then I just love how the show was like, no, we're not going to fit these boxes. <laughs> I think Dave Bird was like, I'm not going to fit these boxes together. They don't fit. This is my and he just worked. He just knows his angle. And I remember so right from the start, I was off balance and I just loved it. And that was one of the first moments that I could kind of articulate to myself why it was just uncomfortable. I was like, I don't understand. Like I'm, uh, you know, like rappers are charismatic. They get no problems with, with women. They're right. They're tough. They're in the street. Yeah. They're they're all these things that Dave Bird is not. But yet he believes yeah. in himself, and he's still this geeky dude of which I can relate to. There's always uh, I'm not, you know what I mean. If we're swinging one way, one way to the other, I can relate to the guy who's insecure. To be quite frank, listen, he goes. There is an inherent respect, and this goes back to like the type of comedians I'm into. Um, Jim Norton has a bit about Monster, his special called Monster Rain, where. When he was young, him and his friend, when they would go, Monster Rain, and they would run under this little stoop and suck each other's dick, right? So the one who would say Monster Rain would be the one to get his dick sucked, right? So yeah. he's like, even back then, I was a little piece of shit. Like, you know, he'd suck my dick, and then I'd run in like I had to go. Like, you know, like, oh, my lungs falling. <laughs> like, right. and, um, like, that brutal, like, complete warts and all is so fucking 
not necessarily just inspiring, but like respectful. Where you're like, oh, yeah. respect. I don't give a shit what you're. And you're right. The dichotomy of him being in this, in, this super masculine, often homophobic. Um, yes. And, and and really like, you know that don't like talking about depression is which is what like one of my favorite rappers rest in peace juice world is uh he yeah. would talk about being depressed and addicted and all this yep. stuff um atlanta-based rapper yep. but i so i like when people buck the sister or go against the yep. grain like that he goes so aggressively I, absolutely like i've his, never like worse than the jackass guys like there's scenes where steve wouldn't put the car up his butt because he didn't he thought wondered how yeah. his dad would feel about it oh shit right? that like, reminds me steve was on the cho show yeah i digress. he was on the cho show yeah. yeah but um you see how we do all just tied just greg's just <laughs> an ace now at it so uh <laughs> yeah dave is great and one of the things that happens i love hearing this you can hear at the laughs with the ridiculously funny stuff. And the show, let's say this too, it's not just provocative. The show is yeah. good, relatable, real, and funny enough to where it keeps you there. Yeah. Even if you're like, it makes you uncomfortable, it's like that really good balance to where it's almost so uncomfortable it knocks you out the box, but yeah. it keeps you in. And so you'll hear yep. people laughing at the same time. And then you'll hear groans when there's uh, the episode yeah. before the last, a couple episodes ago, he does with Benny Blanco. And they're just broing out. They're supposed to be recording an album. And um, Benny Blanco, who's like in videos with Justin Bieber and shit, yeah, he's is like going Love just as hard as Dave. And just they kind of get in this weird like thing you like sometimes happens. No, it does happen when you're like 14 or 15, 13 yeah. or 14, you're hanging out. And it just gets a little weird and yeah. like super bro-y. And, um, you know, there's one time, there's one moment where he puts bubble gum in uh, Dave's butt, so he tries to blow a bubble with a fart, but he's, like, pushing it in there, and then Gator and them come over, and then it's the, the it's the, they're, like, growing out, they're, like, showering together, and they're, like, oh my God. so so then Gator and his buddy come over, two black dudes, and um, they have this really uh, yeah. interesting, like, clash, where they're, like, oh, that's still part of white privilege is that you guys get to, like, you have nothing right. else to worry about in experience. Right. You're so bored. You get to put bubble gum in your ass and blow bubbles. You're not worried about what people think about right. you. And it's this very articulate, like, more in-depth oh. way of explaining why, yeah, well, I'm not. But if you watch that, Gator's friend is kind of okay with it, right? When he yeah. sees, because they tell him about. So they're like, so you guys are gay? And they're like, no, we're not gay it's kind of yeah. about sex but you've never wanted to see his cock before <laughs> it's like, yeah yeah oh i have and so there's like an absurdity to it but then there's also like this underlying real thing right and, and goes back to like the thing you're talking about about the show being a representation of him trying to be himself coming up in this culture and it does this yeah. really art artful masterful way of i mean there's a part where dave uh, uh dave and Benny Blanco in the shower. Benny Blanco's on the ground. He's like, put it, put it on my head, Chuck. They start calling each other Chuck for whatever reason. <laughs> They're like, put it on my head, Chuck. And he's like, I'll do it, Chuck. I'll do it, Chuck. He lifts his leg up, puts his asshole and balls, like right on Benny Blanco's real face. <laughs> and there's it, just a whole unit goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right? And so the next morning, I'm standing in line, and I was, like, telling the neighbor kid, like this shit, he he loves it. I'm like, this shit is makes you uncomfortable in a good way. And you know, there's a whole thing here. Where, yeah. well, anyways, I'm standing in line in the JP, and, yeah. and one of my books comes up to me, who's never been to another joint, it's been down maybe a year, and everyone's so hyper aware of 
the um, peer pressure social yeah. thing. So he comes up and he's like, you kind of run out of shit to talk about. And he goes, um, it's in the morning, so I'm not real talkative. He goes, sure. man, did you see Dave last night? I'm like, yeah. And he he, he goes, man, I come in shit so gay. After 10 <laughs> minutes, I just changed that shit. And I was like, not me. That shit, great. Uh, you know, and he put yeah. him on his heels. thought I was going to, yeah. at the very, yeah. So, yeah, well, you know, he was like signaling how not gay he is, right? Right. It's a white dude. Right. It's not I'm like pigeonhole. Everyone in here is, a lot of people in here mm-hmm. are folks. So I go, no, that shit's fucking amazing. That's like, shows, like, I, I, and I'm speaking for myself. I'm going, I yeah. mean, personally, I like shit that's like edgy and makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm into like stuff that's like, if it's good and quiet, so that shit's funny to me. That's hilarious. And then he started, after a minute, he backpedaled and he goes, well, I really only turned it off because I, like, I didn't sleep, so I had to go to bed and stuff. It was yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, yeah. so now you're just blowing in the wind. Like, what do you really believe, though? You know what I mean? It's okay if you liked it, and it's okay if you didn't, but stick with whatever. So that's, like, really great that it, like, pulls you in and then makes you, dares you to leave, right? Like, right. Like, you really are that comfortable leave. Don't watch the show, but everyone's Exactly. I feel like I feel like um, a lot of people probably have a similar reaction to your neighbor to to, to, to neighbor kid being being uh, uncomfortable, and I feel like that's kind of one of the uh, of the that, that's part of the point of the episode. If you're if you're uncomfortable and you had to look away, that's okay with 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 those guys making that shit with Dave Bird and those guys making that show. That's okay. They were going for that, and it was just so funny because when you and I linked up the following day, we were both like, "Yo, did you watch Dave? Oh my god, we complete we assumed we were on the same." Same. Well, we know each other. You know, same wavelength. But that shit was crazy, awesome. It, oh my god, I cannot believe how far he's willing to get. Well, like, yeah, yeah. There's a moment when that shit was happening with the balls and shit on his face, where I was the only one laughing, and I was laughing <laughs> loud as fuck. Like I'm sure people <laughs> were laughing, but trying to like muffle it. I was like, yeah, just laughing appropriately, and I was like, holy yeah. shit, like you know, and um. Yeah. Yeah, and this goes, we're both creative, right? You know, right. Like, uh, we have, like, the little the right brain tendency to, mm-hmm. to to life. You know, you played, you're a rock star at one point. Oh, yeah. I dabbled in certain things and just have always been into painting and drawing and writing and all that stuff. But yeah. there is this, and it's not for everyone. Like, it's probably not even for most people. Most people probably, you know, prefer the Beatles milder stuff and not to compare them to Britney Spears, but pop music isn't always that edgy. It can be, but there's this like really like groove that's really hard to hit. And if you don't hit it just right, it's terrible and awkward and weird. But if you hit it just right, it's all of those things in the best way, right? Yeah. It's this delivery of this universal yeah, relatable thing, even if it's not the experience you had and it's funny and dark and it, it really is a way to bring, the human experience together. And I think that's what the best parts of writing and music and, and all that shit is about. So you have one minute remaining. There are those moments when, when the, that, that rhythm and that groove is hit where I'm like, this, yeah. this, and this is not hyperbole. I, I really think this is what life's about. Like Schopenhauer mm. who came before uh, Nietzsche Um, One of his big things was, well, out of all the things we do or don't know, it seems to me that his argument was that the highest ideal of human potential or purpose was in the creation of art, specifically like music and stuff. You know what I mean? Wow. And in an otherwise meaningless world, the most valuable thing we can be take part in is art. was like kind of Schopenhauer's thing. I like that. So, yeah. All right. We uh, are... 
we got more, but uh, for today, I think I think uh, I think we yeah. Go visit uh, if you can go visit us on Patreon and uh, check out please and uh, you know consider it a charitable donation. And on behalf yep. of cousin Greg, just getting so good at this goddamn job, and uh, the Pebbles and 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 myself. Thank you for using GTL. Oh my God. Uh, on behalf of Bobby, we got. Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about Bobby and Prison Reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com. And follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.